This is the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Patrick Donahoe. This is another episode of the Wealth Standard Radio. We're on episode uh, 143. And man, are you in for a treat today. I got two of my boys here. I got Mr. Will Street, word from the street. And I got Mr. Eric Patterson. What's up, guys? What's up? How's it going? Good. 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 Glad to be here. Thanks don't you guys for love? Us. Don't you guys love getting roped into this stuff? <clears throat> I actually like this. Is two in a row. It's for two in a row. I know. Two weeks in a row. Anytime oh. we're talking about Trump, you're like, oh, I went on that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, totally. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have some uh, we have some cool stuff to talk about today. I, I thought it would be neat to uh, to really talk about some of the the hot points in the media and derive some specific financial strategy out of each of those points. Mm-hmm. And uh, and these are definitely uh, definitely some hot buttons. Okay, it's it's uh, it was kind of crazy this week, right? This week and last week, mm-hmm. man. World is uh world's going oh, crazy. Yeah. It's election cycle. Election cycle, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, well, it's, it's it's and as everyone's international. Okay, let's let's uh do you know what we should have done. I should have brought up uh, Brazil. That would be a nice topic because of what's going on in Brazil. But that's not the points we're talking yeah. about. So we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Trump and uh, and Cruz, the whole smear campaign. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Trump strategy, right? Because uh, this past week I had some uh, some interactions with people and it was uh, it was pretty pretty interesting. But it made me even. Uh, more convinced that uh, that Trump is just a brilliant, brilliant strategist. All right. And uh, next we get into Obamacare, some reports that came out recently about Obamacare and what happened in 2015. And, uh, and then uh, we're going to get kind of dive a little bit into uh, the atrocity that happened in Belgium uh, recently. And I was uh, I was uh, I was bachelor this week. My uh, I had to get a bunch of stuff done and Cynthia and the kids uh, went out of town for spring break. And so uh, I watched a movie that I'm typically not allowed to watch wow. in my house called uh, The Revenant. Ooh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the, man, he has come a long way he since learned the Titanic. Every, he earned every bit of that Oscar. I, I can, you know, I still see the, like, the little Titanic Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> in, in like the Revenant, you know, <laughs> hardcore wilderness, man, Leonardo DiCaprio. Anyway, we're going to talk about The Revenant, not about The Revenant at all. And then we're going to get into really how a lot of the principles that we can pull from these hot points in the media relate directly, in my opinion, to uh, to financial strategy. What do you guys think? That sounds good. Totally crazy. Uh, I'm yeah, totally I'm crazy. But you guys are uh, you guys are gonna be awesome. All right. So the first thing is like, yeah, this thing. I, I you know I don't, I don't like to. I don't watch the news, you know, a ton. Uh, but uh, but lately, it's like, man, these guys are these guys are going at each other. Cruz and Trump. And this week, you know, with uh, we had caucuses here in, in Utah, and uh, so it's kind of the talk, you know, the talk mm. of the town. So, so this whole smear campaign. I mean, what's what's that? I mean, it's it's. Cra- I mean, first off, you know, the I think it was Cruz, and again, I'm, I might get details wrong, and if you guys, you know, slay me for doing it, I'm sorry. But I, so the the news that I was reading, right, was that that the the whole like uh, campaign of of uh, Cruz going after Trump's wife first, and it didn't come directly from Cruz. It came from. Cruises uh, his like his super pack, super pack you know, where all the yeah. money's coming from. There's a big uh, big ad that uh, posted a uh, uh, kind of a, a GQ provocative picture of uh, Melania Trump, and it's and it's kind of like all right, so that that provoked it. So here's here's what I pull from it. It's like all right, I get it. Okay, you, that that's just politics, but it's like what do you think is going to happen if you start to to smear Trump, especially his <laughs> wife? Yeah. What's going to happen? Right. So, so I looked at that and like, you know, it's like, that was the first thing, but then it's like, so Trump 
started to he to, responds and he, and he pushed his buttons he yeah. pushed cruz's buttons right and then what did cruz do he came right back and then what did trump do he came right back and now it's like all sorts of like things are happening in relation to you know the how it's the national Enquirer is involved mm-hmm. now and there's yeah. all sorts of stuff going on and they're basically saying that cruz is done cruz is done all right so let's first talk about the principle that we can pull from this right so First off, if you have like you know tens of millions, I don't know how much this super PAC has and what they're spending on advertisements, but I know like you know prime time advertisements are not cheap. So you put right. all this money into smearing Trump's wife. So what what's going through the person's mind who's making that decision? Like what <laughs> what what thinks that? I mean, again, it's it's you know you're playing on emotions, right? right? But you gotta you gotta really look at kind of the the unintended consequences of, of those decisions. So. Looking at looking at Trump and his or not Trump but his uh, uh, Cruz's you know super PAC like what what do you think they were trying to accomplish by doing that? I mean, I think it's I think it's one of those situations where a lot of the candidates and the media, uh, you know, the, at least the media to the extent they're they're down on Trump is that they, they try to portray him as not being presidential, right? And if the president's wife is on the cover of GQ in some you know sultry steamy pose or whatever that's that's not super presidential so i think that's probably what they were thinking but then you know did it backfire on him you know my my dad when i was a kid he we had he had a saying and i think other people use this saying too it was if you monkey with the bull you're gonna get the horns (laughs) and i think that's exactly what happened yeah Uh, well that's yeah and it's it's one of those things where you know, you have how the per, you know this idea of perception and how people are are perceived, and in large part that it's really it's really emotional, right? So mm-hmm. I th- I can see you know what what initiated that whole you know that that whole uh, uh, the media they put out or you know the commercial. I didn't even see it. I, I just I just saw kind of the yeah, synopsis of it all. Uh, but you you put it out to to portray him a, a certain way, right? But you got to realize it's okay if you're gonna do that. I get it. Okay. But you have to prepare for like the recourse, like what's yeah. gonna what's gonna happen as a result, right? So Donald Trump, I mean, hopefully by now everybody should know like his persona, yeah, right? right? Does yeah. does Donald Trump do, has he ever lost? Like does he ever try to get in the position where you know even if it has something it, it, that he's failed with in the past, does he try to get in the position of losing, right, or being the loser? No, right? He'll yeah. do anything to win, and if you know that then how are you going to position that type of smear campaign or strategy, right? They totally did not think, think through it. Because in the end, Trump came back, and he's like, and he, and he smeared Cruz's wife, right? So it's like, right. And he started, you know, again, I, I know I, I might be hitting some hot buttons, but, you know, just kind of get 30,000 feet, get your head above the clouds, and, you know, right. kind of think with me. Donald Trump like put out these like you know ugly pictures of Cruz's wife <laughs> like these and I was just like oh my gosh it's so they started going back and forth and back and forth but in the end who won who won Trump Trump yeah yeah, yeah. I mean you, you look at it and I think Cruz just totally is and, and and whether it was him or not that initiated the campaign it's like Trump came back and he was able to play on the emotion okay the pack was trying to play on the emotion but Trump came right back and played on the erosion. So I guess the principle you can learn from this is, what was that saying again? If you monkey with the bull, you're going to get the horn. There you go. go. All right. So that's first principle, principle numero (laughs) numero now. All right. Second one, right? And we touched on this last week when we went through uh, Trump's little, you know, his tax policy and talked about him. But Mm -hmm. here's the, and I'm not, I'm I'm probably not going to vote for him. I don't know. But um, I don't even, man, politics drive me crazy. But, But here's the deal with Trump. We touched on this. Trump, if you really look at what he's doing, 
everything, in my opinion, I mean, this guy's not an idiot. He's not an idiot no. at all. But he kind of portrays himself kind of as like, you know, not the smartest guy in the room, right? And he does not go on these long diatribes. He goes on very short, concise. He says the same thing over and over and over. So what type of strategy is that, right? It's a psychological strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. He uses the same words. What's, his, what's the nickname he has for Ted Cruz? Lion Ted. Lion Ted Cruz. <laughs> Lion Ted. And he uses it every single time, over and over and over and over again, because that repetition sears into somebody's brain. Because right. when they go to vote, right, they're Ted Cruz. Oh, no, but they've heard lying over and over and over and over and over and over again. So it's Lion Ted Cruz. So they get to that voting booth and like, oh, no, I can't vote for him. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. then you look at the other his other strategies. He's very short, concise, to the point. He speaks his mind, but he doesn't go off on all these talking points. So he's trying to really hit on the emotional side of people and, and sear into their brain, you know, making America great, great again, again and right. making fun of this guy and making fun of that guy and downplaying this guy. And it may seem kind of childish and from a rational perspective may not make sense. But if you really step back and look at what he's trying to do, it's it's fascinating in my opinion, right? So what are some other things as you guys have looked at him and, you know, he's this billionaire, billionaire, he makes deals, he does, he's, you know, what, mm-hmm. are, what are some of the sayings he has? I, I just make deals. I make deals. Put me in there. I'll I'll make yeah. that. Believe me. Let's go believe after the oil. Go after believe the oil. Me. My employees. Right? They yeah. love me. Mexico. Mexico. They friends, love me. I've got friends all over I the place. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the polls. I'm, I'm, I'm in this poll. X yeah. poll. That poll. Yeah. Yeah. And just just to kind of you know continue that thought. I mean, you look at. You, I, I look at the debates. I've watched a lot of the debates since the beginning, and when, in the beginning, when there were something like seventeen candidates or something like that, and I mean, we were having to split them between like the JV squad and the varsity team, you know, and and Trump was always on the varsity team, and and what he was doing to try and set himself apart was, I mean, he was really going on the offensive. I mean, he was attacking people left and right. Um, he was insulting people. I remember, you know, Carly Fiorina. You know, he insulted her appearance. Um, all kinds of Megan uh, Kelly, right, right out of the gate. Megan Kelly, right out of the gate. You know, just just going to battle and just fighting with people like crazy. And I think, again, it's calculated. I think what he did by doing that was there. There is a large segment of this country of our population who is just so sick of the canned repeated responses the you know you know bless his heart the marco rubio kind of (laughs) just repeat it again and again and again regardless of the question right and so trump by doing that and going on the offensive i think he really galvanized a certain amount of just a solid base that no matter what he says or does they're going to stick with him and then i think i've seen at least i've i've observed over the over the you know the, the relatively recent past and some of the more recent debates and now that you know you see candidates kind of falling by the wayside, he's kind of toned it down a little bit at least in the in the debates. And so I think, again, marketing brilliance. He's got his solid base of people who are just sick and disgusted yeah. with the establishment, and now he's trying to kind of soften his his edges a little bit yeah. to appeal to. To basically everybody else. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, okay, so look at an airplane, right? Airplane, when does it expend the most amount of fuel? Takeoff. Takeoff, right? Yeah. So he goes and he goes bonkers, yeah. right? He's like, because that that's a great point. I, I didn't think about this when I was preparing my notes, but he, right out of the gate, like he's offending this person, offending, and he's, and he's making statements where he is essentially putting the stake in the ground yeah. to be 
the authority. Yep. And from that point on, he has been, mm-hmm. right? But as you said, he's kind of tapered off because how much oil, uh, how much uh, gas or, or fuel are you expending in the air as an airplane, right? He's just cruising. He's already up. He's yeah. just, cru- he's just cruising Everybody's trying to catch him now. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So really quick, I, I'm just, I'm listening to you guys and I'm, I'm you, Will, you're talking about his appeal now. And I guess it's just timing because let's not mm-hmm. forget, he's ran before. It's true. He's never true. had this much momentum. I mean, yeah. nobody expected him to get this far. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious, maybe it's the fact that the, the world wasn't ready for him. Probably back not. Then. Probably not. So, that's a great. great honestly, point. that's a great point because you're right. It's like, yeah, he has run before, but at this point, you know, I think the reason why he's gone on for so long because maybe before he tried to push this strategy or that strategy, but he knew when he was not going to get traction and when right. he was not going to lose. I guarantee if his strategy this time did not work, he wouldn't be running right now. Right. Okay. Sure. But he went off. He he put that stake in the ground. And he made a lot of people upset, and mm-hmm. I think that was his strategy. Yeah. Right. He is that really who he is inside as a person? I don't I don't know. Right. But from a political strategy, right, the Marco Rubio strategy, the the traditional political strategy mm-hmm. is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, every even like not this current round of debates, but the previous debate, they're all talking points. It's like yeah. how many times did a person asked a question. And they complete. They responded with something completely different. Yep. They, they just do. wanted to get that talking point. A hundred, hundred percent. But yeah. this is like the new political strategy, where it's like disruption, mm-hmm. disrupting the mind, disrupting the pattern. Right. Yeah. So it's a stra- again, it's, it's strategy, and this is really the principle we're trying to pull from. This is it's it's about the strategy, right? You can't just like go off on maybe the traditional strategy that may have worked fifty years ago, mm-hmm. right? Or another strategy, or maybe you try one strategy. Great point, Eric. Mm-hmm. You try one strategy, and you know right out of the gate if it's going to work or not if there are signals where it's not going to work quit move on next strategy right all right so that's we we won't go off on on more of a more of trump stuff but i i don't know i I look at every time i'm like this guy's not an idiot he understands communication he understands influence he understands you know leadership he understands negotiation right so every i i cannot maybe i'm totally wrong but i cannot think that every single thing he says every single thing he does perfectly calculated even though it doesn't seem like it is i think it's perfectly calculated yeah okay yep cool all right next thing all right so obamacare all right so obamacare you know was it was (coughs) we won't get into the politics of it all but what did it do right what was it so what was it supposed to do it well it's known as the affordable care act it was supposed to make (laughs) (laughs) it is that's because it's not called obamacare it's called the affordable care Act. Act. all right so so affordable right so It doesn't say affordable to whom, right? It says affordable maybe to one person or two people, right? But if you look at uh, the statistics came out for 2015, and surprisingly, no, not surprisingly, not to us at least, uh, healthcare was double the next line, double, right? So you look at the, you look at healthcare spending, it was like 84 billion. Uh, The next is at like four, little over 40 billion, which is recreational goods and vehicles. And then it just goes down from there. I mean, the number one, insane, by almost double. All right, so th- what's the principle here? We're not going to go off on a tangent on Obamacare. That's been you know beat to death. So the principle here is taxes are not going down. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime right. soon. Anytime soon. And you look at, you know, this is... This is Obamacare. This is one. This is one year. Then you go into you know the the Social Security deficit and the Medicare deficit and all the pensions that are owed to government employees. I mean, it's insane the promised benefits that we have. It's it's just the prescription drug the drug act right. and all that that's that's due. I mean, I think it's like up to up to what two hundred two hundred trillion something like that. Something the promise. Like that. 
It's, it's insane. So We talked about it a little bit last time, the unfunded liability yeah. is just insane. So, so if you understand the numbers, understand the metrics, the principle is this money just doesn't, you know, it, it, it may come out of thin air, right? But it eventually has to be repaid. And you really look at how it is repaid and where government gets revenue. It comes from their revenue service, which is IRS, right? <laughs> taxpayers. All right. So we'll get to that principle and application in just a second. All right. So let's talk about uh, the atrocity in Belgium. Now, we're not going to get into all, all the details, but... You know, you look at, you know, just just humankind and and, and whether it's ISIS or whether it's, um, you know, other uh, organizations that have existed in the past. There's always been these groups. Now, maybe now it's on a a larger scale. They're getting a lot more bolder. Their cojones have grown. You know, it's one of those (laughs) it's one of those things where these these type of irrational things are going to happen all all the time. Right. We just have to be we're we're human. There's never been this utopia society. We've always had these these type of groups doing this. So. The, really, what's happening in Belgium? Ter- terrible. Um, you know, looking at our our, our own uh, backyard. Now, thankfully, in the U.S., there hasn't been you know a lot of crazy things that have happened. Um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, there could be even things that are, that are little. And so, the principle of Belgium is is uh, is be prepared. Right. Um, you know, even this morning, I was uh, so I, I I belong to this like next. It's fr- it's free, so you can do it in your own neighborhood. But it's called Next Door. Have you get, have you mm. heard of Next Door? No. Never. No. All right, so it's free. It's free app, but next door you can plug into the community of all of your neighbors, right? And you can send messages back and forth, and there has to be like a verification of who you are. So some like you know p- person doesn't come in there and try to like scope out the neighborhood that way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and you know maybe hackers can get in or whatever. But anyway, it's a na- it's one of those neighborhood <laughs> neighborhood apps where you can post messages. But you know today I got a, a message that there was a house just you know right down the street from me. Uh, they left the, the door open. Uh, broke in, took everything. Wow. Mm. Um, you know, saying it was it was crazy. I, so I got got on the phone with my wife right after that. But uh, on the way to work this morning, going around the bend uh, of of my street, uh, car doors wide open, totally been robbed and, and wow. gutted. And I live in a decent neighborhood, and it, yeah. and it's actually happened to us in the past too. But it's one of those things where, despite how big or small these type of things are, this this is go- happens. this happens sure. right. Mm-hmm. So being prepared is the principle we're going to pull from this. All right. The next is Revenant. So, Will, I, you you probably have to wait to uh, to your bachelor's for the week before you can watch Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Right, but I, I watched. I wa- and it was it was long, uh, so I watched it over the course of, of two uh, of two nights. Uh, but Eric, you watched Revenant. That was a pretty. Did did Leo did, did Leo live up <laughs> to your expectations on the Revenant? Absolutely, that much and more. I mean, he he. Um, his performance is particularly well. You don't know about. You've heard, yeah. I'm sure, the bear scene. The bear scene. I've heard about the bear uh, scene. And nothing about that, don't, from what I understand, is CGI created. So yeah. you don't turn your back on the bear. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but uh, you know, from what I heard, that was one of the most intense movies that he had ever made. Hmm. So um, that just goes to show you just how much work he put into that. Yeah. Uh, and again, he did the bear scene. So that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So I was talking to Cynthia last night. I'm talking to my wife last night. And I told her, hey, I, I wa-, and she went and saw it with her sister-in-law like a, a few weeks ago. And, uh, and so we were, you know, I was talking, she's like, you know, like, what's the point of that movie? Like, honestly, <laughs> I was like, I, she was like, I was sitting there and I'm like, like why, do, why should I care about watching something like this? And I'm like, it's a very good point. I'm like, <laughs> why do people watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Right. Why, why do people, you know, watch uh, the, the the American Ninja Warrior? Why do people? 
You know, it's like, I think we like being entertained. And I think yeah. it was a very entertaining uh, movie. I don't I have no idea like what the uh, the historical significance was, if there was a backstory to it or if it was based on events. Because I know yeah, uh, I Jim Bridger, mm-hmm. right? Jim Bridger, you know, he was obviously the, you know, the, the frontier guy that discovered, mm-hmm. you know, went and explored a lot of the Western frontier. Anyway, so The Revenant. All right. So there's a, there a couple scenes in there. So let's talk about a couple of those those scenes. So the bear scene was nuts, right? It was. And, uh, and obviously, you know, surviving that and he had like a you know cutthroat and he's like in the wilderness and he's like trying to survive it was crazy but i want to there's a uh, even the the other scene toward the end of the movie right and i don't want to spoil this if you guys want to if you're gonna mute if you want to mute your your phone right now (laughs) i'll I'll plug my ears all right plug plug your ears well uh all right so there's a there's a scene at the end where it's like he's he he's getting chased by all these you know Native Americans and and runs his oh, horse off that. the cliff. That right? was pretty. He's like crazy. Jum, 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 <laughs> off the cliff and he and he like falls into this you know falls into this tree and then he's down you know the horse is, is dead and he's like laying on there right and he's still like you know obviously he has issues from like the bear attack. Um, so he like so he cuts open cuts open the horse. He pulls right? a he pulls a pulls out a bear grills. The, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Do you oh, remember that movie? Yes. When uh, when Han Solo pulls Luke into yeah. the, the into lightsaber, the, the lightsaber. Into the, yes, yeah. yes, into the guts. Because yeah. in the on the winter the planet, yeah. But that yeah, didn't really, you know, that didn't show anything, right? <laughs> right. You, like you kind of saw, you like you're like looking, you're trying to like look <laughs> right. beyond the the whatever the thing was called. What were those things called? The emers, the emers. I don't believe I don't know the name for that. Uh, but you, you couldn't see what was going on. But here, like, he pulls, like, all the, you know, guts, guts out of the horse and, and, like, opens it up and then, like, gets inside. And then he's there, like, close up, like, you know, in, like, a blanket of this horse body. Yeah. All right. So that was well, crazy. I rem- it, was, it was crazy. I remember, do you guys ever watch uh, Man vs. Wild with yeah, Bear Grylls? Of course, yeah, of course. There was an episode yeah. where he was in the desert and he... Like happened upon a, like a, a a camel carcass and did the same thing, and that was real. <laughs> was that, that wasn't a movie. That was real. <laughs> what was the purpose? and it had been dead probably for a few days, and he cut it open. Oh, and jeez. Anyway, Bear, Bear Grylls. <laughs> Didn't he try to do like some celebrity show with like, yeah, like taking celebrities? He takes celebrities out. I watched a few of those. It wasn't as good. Those aren't as good. <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway, the, so the principle here, yes, right, is being resourceful. Oh yeah, yes. being resourceful, Absolutely. right? Because I don't know, I don't know what I would do if I were in the wilderness and in the in the cold. But anyway, yeah. So let's talk about the application of these principles. Obviously, it's funny talking about, you know, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. But let's get into some application here, right? Because <laughs> I think a lot of these a lot of these things really play into kind of what we uh, what we do. And you know, there's a book a book that I read maybe two three years ago uh, called Sway. Did I, ever, did I ever tell you guys about this? This is this is I don't think so. I've just never so sway that so the subtitle is called the irresistible pull of irrational behavior, hmm. right? And I look and you know, this book really opened up and it gave real life examples of just like just behavior that did not have any rational backing to it, even though all the circumstances pointed to you should have been rational, right? So it just shows like who we are and how we're pulled as a as a as a human being. I think emotions really drive a lot of a lot of who we are, but yet we try to assess things rationally. Right. So there's hmm. kind of a dichotomy there that I think if we really understood more, it, we would have better relationships, we would have better businesses, we would have better spending habits, investing habits, business habits, etc. So that's what I want to kind of uh, get into when it comes to like what the Cruz Cruz thinking, right? <laughs> we can like throw some, you know, like what was he th- like what, the, the the super pack the super and pack. you know what you just really thinking thinking of thought patterns and what's and what's going to happen. But then it's really how Trump responded, 
right? Because I think, and maybe he did it subconsciously just because he's so yeah. used to it, but how did he, how did he respond? Right. He wasn't like, you know, you know, you're such a jerk tr- cruise. Yeah. You know, he responded and like he won up. Yeah. And then they tried to one up and he one up again. It's kind of like, I mean, the, just the principle there. I mean, I, I'm no wrestler. Right. But I, I understand that in wrestling, or at least I've heard before that that part of the brilliance in, in a wrestler is not so much their strength. It's the ability to take the other guy's momentum and use it against them. So as somebody's coming at you. You take their momentum and you turn it into like a throw or yeah. something. Or maybe yeah. I'm thinking martial jiu-jitsu. arts. Jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's well, not the biggest and the strongest. Yeah. It's using the other guy's offensive strategy yeah. against them. And I think that's what Trump's done here well, is a, to take that momentum. And yeah. Turn it well, there was like a, there was a viral video. It was, it was probably a couple years ago. But it was like this little little like bully kid. Right. And he was like, you know, jumping around this, 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 this more heavy kid oh, yeah. and just jumping around. And then he's like, he's like, punch him, punch yeah. him. And the, and the big kid like takes him up and just slams him to the ground that. and knocks him out. Right. And, and he like and gets up and he's all like, staggers he's like all stumbling. So here's the, here's the point. It's like, you know, if you don't know the strengths, right. And the attributes and the background of the other opponent, like, why would, like, why yeah. would you go, go up to him? Right. Yeah. Very risky move. Right, especially if I have a lot on the line. So here, Cruz ton on the line, and he goes up to the, you know, go up, to, goes up to this big kid, and freaking Trump body slams him. <laughs> yeah. And now, what, what's happening with his campaign? He's yeah. like stum, you know, stumbling all over the place. All right, so so what's what's the principle? So the principle is you need to really think think about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, we live in an irrational uh, world, and this is I said something here which may not make any sense. It made sense when I was writing it. Okay, so I said, this is financial life. With what we do and what we teach, I think philosophically it can be summed up by being rational while thinking irrational in an irrational world where rational behavior rarely exists. Oh, you lost me. Yeah, okay, I'll do that again. <laughs> so it's being, being rational, mm-hmm. okay? So being how you are, be your decisions and so forth, but think irrational, right? And that means kind of detect that things are irrational out there. How would people think in these circumstances, right? What would happen in these circumstances from an irrational standpoint? Because we're humans. We can kind of figure out like how people are going to react, right? If something happens. All right. In an irrational world, because the whole world is based on, you know, emotion. Why do these like, you know, tabloids, I mean, National Enquirer is like the number one read magazine in the world. There's nothing in there that has any substance. Eric subscribes right? to it, don't I you? Do, I yeah. do. <laughs> Thanks, Will, for are you, a pla- are you a platinum member? <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> Thanks for exposing Both me. Both print but... and electronic <laughs> editions. <laughs> All the bases covered. But, wh- but again, why? It's like it's an irrational world, right? right. Where people want to be stimulated, right, based on, you know, controversy. They want right. to be stimulated about, ooh, there's UFOs in, you know, the, the, the basement of the White House or whatever. Yeah. Right? So it's those, it's those things that just, like, stimulate people. So we know that we're in an irrational world, okay, where rational behavior rarely exists. Now, it's behavior. People make rational statements. Two plus two equals four, okay? Uh, gravity, what, what goes up must come down. You know, it's the, the, the first law of thermodynamics. So you go into all the different physics rules, and we understand those calculated principles and rules, okay? But yet, we're all outside of that in a sense. So my point is, like, if you think you're the exception, so let's use, you know, maybe uh, the stock market, right? And investing in something that you have no idea about, right? Because mm-hmm. the majority of people that invest in the stock market have no idea what they're doing. Nothing. Right. They, they just know that money is invested. That's it. That's what right? people do. So if yeah. you're there thinking that you're, now, you may win. I don't, I don't know, right? But thinking that you're an exception to what's gone on, right? Is that rational thinking or irrational thinking? Right. Yeah. Right? So it's one of those things where when you invest and you understand what you're doing, 
really step back and say, okay, what is, you know, what, what is the risk, right? What is the uncertainty here, right? How will that affect me, right? And we'll get into tax in just a second, but the majority of people have money in things that are tax deferred, right? So rationally speaking, if you think about it and you're like, okay, well, look at everybody wants stuff, right? Irrational, right? People want stuff without con- contributing, without creating value. Okay, so if they do that and they get, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the appeal or you get the support of government or whatever in social programs, then they're going to get that stuff, right? And then the government's going to dish out money. And where does that money come from? It comes from debt, it comes from spending. And now there's going to be people that pay it back, which comes from taxes. So if you do that whole loop as far as rationality is concerned, why, looking at the situation that we're in, would you put anything in a vehicle that defers tax down the road? Good question. Right? So it's yeah. kind of like, okay— you say, okay, that, to- that totally makes sense. But then you look at, you know, how big the 401k market is, IRA market, right? It's massive, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. So it's like, okay, obviously there's, you know, somebody's bought hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's principle number one. I, I put, a, I put also underneath um, that, you know, that, uh, that principle is if you don't have reserves, right, you shouldn't be investing. I remember there was a family a few years ago that I was working with and it's like, they, they came to me and they, they went from like making, you know, $100,000 a year and they got up into this like network marketing group and started making like tons. And so we were sitting down, I was analyzing things and I was looking, and I'm like, okay, so tell me about your health, health insurance. And they're like, well, yeah, we haven't really gotten around to that. And I'm like, and they had like, they had like six kids. I think they have seven mm-hmm. now. So I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Uh, um, all right. So check there. Make sure we go back to that one. Uh, so tell me about your, you know, estate planning. So tell me about, you know, when's the last time you updated your will, updated your trust. Um, uh, yeah. So we just haven't, you know, we, so we keep going down the road. No, you know, the liquidity. They're they're spending everything they make. And then I come upon this light item of an investment, <clears throat> and the investment, it's that it says hedge fund, and there's like a hundred thousand dollars in it. I'm like, wait. So tell me, tell me about this. They're like, well, it's this like, you know, I think it's this like currency, the currency thing. And, you know, the guy's really smart. Guy's guys really smart. And I'm just like, oh, man. All right. So what's my what's my point here? Right. You need to make sure that your foundation is in order. Right. Right. Now, if you want to take risks with your money, that's 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 I mean, sometimes that is the nature of investment. You put money into a startup, you put money here, you put, but you do not do that right out of the gate, right? right? right. Whether it's reserves, whether it's certainty, whether it's you know, making sure these things work. So how I do it in my, with my, with my finances is that every month, you know, I have a, a set amount of, first of all, I get a financial statement. For every month I know what's coming in, what's going out. Uh, it's really awesome. My wife loves this, this statement, <laughs> right? But I know exactly, I know what those line items are. I know what things are itemized. And I, I don't do it myself. I have somebody else you know, do it for me. But I get that statement that shows me where I'm at. And I have certain rules as to how money's allocated, okay? So the first rule is I have a reserve requirement, okay? And then whenever, and then obviously the reserve requirement is in place, but all money that comes in as a result of, you know, whether it's income or, or whatever, uh, it gets placed into a line item that is the opportunity amount, opportunity fund. Uh, and so when money goes above and beyond that reserve amount, that opportunity fund now kind of gives me permission slip mm. to look mm. around if there are opportunities, yeah. right? But everything is in set is in place first. Okay, insurance is in place, reserves are in place, making sure that expenses are 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 you know are in check. That's in place. Then to get to the point where I work up, we call it, you know our our pyramid. We work up to the point where you should be investing, right? But 
you know, nine to 10, maybe nine of a hundred, uh, or I was gonna say one out of 10, uh, don't, don't do, they don't have systems like that set up. So that's one thing as far as application is, you know, understand your financial statement, have something that shows you where you're at each month. And there are tools out there that are free. I mean, mint.com, yeah. go on to Excel and <clears throat> you may have to do it manually, right? But it's important to understand what you're doing first. If you, if you ever want somebody to do it for you, right? You need to know what those line items are and how things are calculated, but whether it's a, a, a spreadsheet or whether it's mint.com or whether it's Quicken, there's a lot of tools that are very inexpensive or free that can link up with your bank accounts and produce those statements for you. So maybe you guys, I mean, you guys have been now consulting with, with clients for, for a few years. I mean, what are, what are you, what are you seeing? Cause you're meeting a lot more clients than I am now. I mean, are you yeah. still seeing the same thing or has human nature totally changed? <laughs> That was supposed I, to be a joke. You guys were supposed to be a cue to, <laughs> to add the laugh line in yes. later. The little the the, the light that yeah, says put, press laugh the button and, and have yeah, like all these like cheering in the background. Uh, so, well, for me, I'll just maybe even just from a personal standpoint, just comment. So, when my wife and I got married, I mean, we I would say that between the two of us, ne- neither of us were these super, super spenders, um, but we didn't really have a specific budget. Um, and it, it was a couple of years into our marriage before we actually sat down, you know, discovering mint.com and, and there's, we use a, a site called moneymastery.com. That's free too. Um, and really the key is just to get a, get a handle on what, you know, where your money's going each month. We, we really didn't have any idea. And when we sat down and we started tracking our expenses, we started, you know, really from one month to the next tracking what was going here, what was going there and what was going there. That was really, really eye-opening to us. I mean, we were, I was practicing law at the time, you know, as far as income, we, we were making more than we had ever made before. We felt okay. You know, we felt like we were doing all right, but not quite breaking through uh, and feeling really, really comfortable about where we were. So then we, we decided to, to actually sit down and budget and we were shocked at where money was going, and it was easy to start to tighten up. Yep, and if you don't have measured, you, you don't yeah. know where to start. You've got to measure. So true, so true. Well, to, to your point, I, me and my fiance, she's actually the one who's very meticulous about putting together the budget. She does it every every month. Um, you'd think that going into the relationship, I would be that person with the background in personal finance, but uh, not so much. Not to not to the degree that she was. And well, so, you do. I mean, you're like a CFP. You're have you actually gone <laughs> right. and actually done all. But yeah, she's the one that's right, running right, the books. Right, and right, you're not right, even married right. yet. <laughs> it, it is what it did is. You know, did you know about that before you? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I'm, I, just I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I just think that you know it's very very much eye opening to actually see the ins and outs, the money flows, uh, in our in our little family that we have now. And so, uh, I'm a big proponent of of really understanding where you are first before setting, you know, moving forward and, and, and putting your money, you know, elsewhere as far as investments go, yeah, no, it's, having it, that foundation. Yeah, it's, it's a scoreboard. I mean, it's just keep, it's keeping score, knowing, knowing where you're at and that will dictate yeah. behavior, right? right? But if you don't know where you're at, if you don't have that checklist, you don't have that foundation in place, which most people don't, right? Then really everything that you're doing is, is just off the cuff, yeah. right? And if you are participating in an irrational world, guess what's going to happen? Yeah. And I just to maybe one last thought there, the, a, a rule that I heard, I can't remember where I heard it or read it, um, but it applies very much in this situation. And that is if you track it, you control it. Yep. And if you don't track it, you can't control it. And I think that applies absolutely to Great personal advice. finance. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay, let's, let's move on. We only have a few minutes left here. 
All right, so we went into step step one, right? I guess we can kind of sum that up. No, what's your saying? What's, I got, gosh, if you I got, monkey with the bull, you get the horns. Exactly. Don't yeah. monkey with the Don't bull. Don't monkey with the Don't bull. Don't monkey with the bull. Dude, that should be our new slogan. <laughs> I know. It should be in italics, like right below Paradigm Life. You monkey don't with monkey. the bull. Yeah, don't <laughs> monkey with the bull. All right. So uh, two. Two is strategy. Okay. So Trump's brilliant strategy. So I think looking at you know maybe as I would I would I would explain his strategy. Like he knows what his end is. What is his end? He wants he wants to win, mm-hmm. right? And and may and I I had my. Uh, you know, I had my thoughts in relation to what he wanted to do. Cause if I were, if I were him, it's like, you know, the more people know about you, the more, po- you know, popular your brand is and the more valuable, you know, so maybe more people would stay in his hotels or go to his golf clubs. Right. If he, right. If you're, and I think maybe that might have been his strategy, Eric, going back to your point, mm-hmm. that might've been a strategy a few years ago when mm-hmm. he, when he ran right this time, maybe he's generally wanting to win. So if that's the end result, now you reverse engineer all the different steps that you have to take to get there. Okay. So. Looking at Trump's strategy, it's, okay, well, how are people swayed? How are they driven? How do they come to make decisions? What are their thought patterns? When they go to the polls, what's going through their mind? And how can I, through debates or through Twitter or through Facebook or through Instagram or through, you know, whatever, my videos, how can I leverage everything that's going to happen to me? How can I leverage it? Because think about it. With his, with his wife, I guarantee they were prepared for something like that to happen. Oh, and sure. they knew yep. exactly what to do when it happened. Mm-hmm. And the whole positioning was, okay, now we're going to react like this. They react like that. Okay, now we're going to react like this. Yep. I mean, that's my thing. I think his whole strategy is perfectly, not, maybe not perfectly, but it is very calculated. Right. So going to personal strategy. First off, do, do most people know what their end result is? No. Right? Do they know, okay, I want to be here at 50. I want to be here at 60. I want to be here at 45. Now, I'm not saying that life won't change because life is going to change. But if you fail to make those end goals, right, then all of your behavior is going to be random and you're just guessing. Okay. So I would say with your strategy is what is it? What are you trying to accomplish? Define that, write it down. And then if that is really what it is, because maybe if you write it down, actually think about it like, no, I don't really want that. If that's, you know, if you really find out what it is, now it's reverse engineering and figuring out what are the steps that are going to be required to get you there. Right. right. Okay. Right. Awesome. All right. That's principle two. All right. Principle three. We kind of touched on this already, but this is, uh, this is taxes. We talked about this last week. You can mm-hmm. go refer to our yeah. podcast last week, go on to iTunes and uh, subscribe and listen to, <laughs> listen to, to Will. What was, what was you, you said uh, before we started recording that you used to write a uh, little periodical in your, <laughs> yeah. in your elementary school newspaper no, and you had high school. Oh, it was high school. It was high school. Okay. I didn't mean to. Belittle. It had circulation of like 3000 mm, or that's something. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That was a big, big high, high school. school. Yeah. And what was it? It was called Will's It was Corner? called Will's Street Corner. Street. Oh yeah. Cause my, there every, I can't remember. Did I think you come up with that? I think I did. I think I did. You were, you were I'm going to crea- assume that you I did. Creative, it was creative, yeah. And then Eric, you came up with your own. If you, Eric said, if you're going to come up with your own podcast, this is what it's going to be called. What was that? Uh, uh, was? Word, word from the street. Word oh, yeah, from that's right. the street. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So, go back and listen to the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Will, Will was on that. We talked about Trump. We talked about his tax policy. We talked a little bit about a <laughs> little bit about Hillary Clinton. Right? Wasn't much on there. Right on her yeah. on her little on her little blurb. But anyway, it was uh, it was a good good podcast. So taxes, um, okay, taxes are going to go up. Uh, the what your money buys today is not going to be well, it's not what it's going to buy in the future. So if you're deferring anything to the future, which is completely uncertain, okay, right. I think that is a freaking gamble, huge gamble. 
and looking at control, looking at where money is going to be in the future, I'd really start to ask yourself, okay, what? how can I position myself from a tax standpoint? How can I position myself uh, from a purchasing power standpoint? And uh, we have a great webinar on our resources mm-hmm. section done uh, probably six months ago-ish by uh, by the famed, I can call, I think I can call him the famed, the famed Ryan Lee. Oh, the he's famed legendary. Ryan, he, some, he, he is. He yeah. is legend. He is. So uh, yeah, and he's he does pretty yeah he's a, he does some pretty good stuff on our on our website. Yeah. He's been on some podcasts before, but he's written a bunch of stuff. But the webinar he did is one of our highest highest downloaded webinars, and it's called uh, "The Power of Zero. and it really shows ways in which you can position assets to have a, a completely uh, tax free retirement income. But also, it shows how uh, the earned income and, and uh, reducing that allows you to have more social security. And I, I don't think that's going to exist for us, but uh, really, you know, for for those that are going to be relying on it. This is a, it's a great webinar to check that out. So go ahead and do that. So principle number three is taxes. Understand taxes, understand what's going to happen, and you'll know what to do. All right. Principle uh, principle four, Belgium, which is uh, be, be prepared. So this is, I guess, one of the best things to do is, you know, and even going back to the, the principle number one, it's like when, when something happens to you, especially if there's like an attack, there's a attack to your ego, attack to your emotions, attack to this. How do we typically respond? If somebody attacks our ego or attacks our family, like my like Cynthia sometimes, it's like when people cut her off, she was telling me the other day, oh my gosh, so this guy, <laughs> she was, you know, she was, she was like on, at the light and the guy like nicked her mirror, like nicked the mirror, like drove by, nicked the mirror. So she follows him. Like she's honking at him. She's honking at him. Follows him, and she's like honking and flashing lights. And he's like, she's like, Move. and she's telling me she's telling me this. But she, so she she follows him for like five minutes, and he finally pulls over. And like she gets out of the car, and she's like, you oh, nicked no. my mirror. And the guy's like, I hardly and anyway. So. I mean, that guy could have had a gun. He could have been like <laughs> running away from the police. I mean, who knows what could have happened, right? So. Uh, you know, now you're probably saying, don't be a hypocrite, Patrick. You need to teach your family how to be <laughs> rational during moments when you tend to act re- irrationally. So my, po- my point is, you know, really start to think about your reactions. When you get yeah. attacked or when this happens or that happens, really think through, okay, what am I going to gain from being a jack, you know, jack yep. and responding to that? Okay. All right. So Belgium, be prepared. And especially with reactions, like how do you react to something? This is huge with money. Right, because when you make decisions with money, I think the majority of bad decisions when it comes to money has been because of irrational yeah. thinking, and right? Emotion, just, emotion. Whether yep. it's greed, whether it's fear, mm-hmm. right? And that whole that whole emotional curve has been studied for so, so a long time. But if you understand what that curve is, you're going to realize that if you do make emotion reactions emotionally when it comes to money, typically it's not going to be the best decision. All right, and then five, the revenant. All right, and then we are done for the day for podcast 143. All right, The Revenant. So, The Revenant. Revenant's not going out and trying to survive in the wilderness. Maybe if you want to do that, I think that would be okay. I think the challenge should be to try and sleep in a horse carcass <laughs> yeah. for a night. Is that is that the principle to take? Oh, no, I don't, you know, I, yeah. I think maybe like a sleeping bag. You know, you can buy like those <laughs> Sub Zero sleeping bags. You know, I, I think that, you know, it may have like, you know, some smell to it, yeah. right? But uh, it's probably. Much better than a horse carcass. Yeah. All right. So 
being prepared. So being prepared, I mean, that's a lot of it is is similar to, you know, reacting, right? But being prepared is, you know, having your ducks in a row, having your documents in order, uh, having your foundation set, having a will of trust, having a game plan. Have, all of this really relates to the, the preparation side of things. So, you know, what we do here with our with our wealth strategy, a lot of it is, you know, focused on, you know, building wealth outside of Wall Street, using products that are not associated with volatility of the market, really being in control of your finances. But it's also a lot of coaching around behavior. Right. A lot of, you know, a lot of what we do and the utilization side of what we do, it's a, it's a lot more intense and a lot more involved than what people are typically doing. Right. Because mm-hmm. people throw their money into the market and yeah. it just does it does whatever it's going to do, which is typically lose money and make money for other people. But for us, it's a lot that's really involved. Right. So being educated, right, having a good foundation of knowing what to do and how to build in rules is, is part of our part of our strategy. OK. Anything you guys want to say on that? Anything? Yeah. Um, the, the one thought. Oh, sorry. I, no, need to, no, I was just going to say no, the no. one thought that occurs to me is you know just kind of this idea of you know resources and scarcity of resources and all that sort of thing. I mean, I, you know, often we talk to people and and the fear is oh you've got to be a millionaire in order to do X Y Z. But the reality is is you know regardless of your circumstance, regardless of where you are. You look at what you have. You look at the resources that you have in your backpack, and you make the best decisions that you can possibly make given what you've got. Yep. And I, and I think, you know, looking at where people really make a lot of themselves, it's typically during those circumstances that are very difficult, right? You go back to 2009 and all the money that was made up in real estate, even in the mar- even in the market, for those that really knew what was going on, because they had the education, right? They had mm-hmm. the background, they had studied, they had their objectives, and they used all of those intellectual resources plus physical resources, and they figured out a way to make it happen. And the Rothschilds, you know, not to say that, you know, they're, they have, a, even though they have a good saying, doesn't mean that they're, you know, Anyway, I won't, I won't get off onto that tangent. Uh, but they have a, you know, they have a saying that when there's blood in the streets, uh, buy, even if it's your own, buy. Hmm. Right? Even if it's your own, which is you might be suffering. You might be going through some difficult times. But, you know, if you understand what's going on, if you're resourceful, you'll be able to take advantage of those hmm. opportunities. Same thing in the Great Depression. So 2009, Great Depression, a lot of these events where a lot of people were in dire straits. There's a lot of people that did very well. But it wasn't because of luck. It wasn't because of happenstance. All right, boom. What do you guys think? Was, a, was that, that a was good, good. Uh, decent show? Yeah. Right. yeah that was yeah. fun. First uh, podcast. Is that your first podcast? Well, no, no, no. no. My second podcast. Second. But oh, okay. The first one, I was actually a little prepared. Okay. Oh, this one was I just wasn't just pulled in. <laughs> firing from the, <laughs> right. from the hip. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I, yeah, there's probably no one listens to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like a conversation between us, which is, which is kind of fun. All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, Thanks for so, thanks so much for, uh, for listening. Uh, appreciate your... Uh, yeah, appreciate your support. And uh, if, if you like what you're hearing, then uh, we definitely have tons. And this is 143. We have tons of podcasts that we've done on all sorts of different topics. Uh, if you really like what you're hearing, you can uh, go and give us a, a rating on, uh, on iTunes. Uh, that definitely helps in kind of uh, keeping us uh, relevant and, and putting us up in the rankings, which uh, puts us in front of more people. So we'd, uh, we'd appreciate that. And, uh, and uh, that's it for today. And uh, next uh, next time... We'll have also we'll have a lot of cool stuff to say next time too. I promise. On episode one forty four. Okay, that's it for today, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial.